Hi, and welcome to the Purdue Commercial AgCast, the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture's podcast featuring farm management news and information. On today's episode, I'm your host, Brady Brewer, and I am a faculty member in the Department of Agricultural Economics here at Purdue University. And joining me today are members of the Purdue University Farm Succession Planning Team. So we got Renee Wyatt, who is the Family Business Management Specialist with the Purdue Institute for Family Business. Uh, also joining us is Kelly Heckman, uh, who is the Extension Area 11 Director for Purdue Extension, and Heather Caldwell, who is the Fayette County A&R Educator um, in Fayette County, Indiana. So on today's episode, we are going to be covering uh, 10 tips for communication in your farm uh, business. So before we jump into the 10 tips for communication, um, I, I do just want to highlight that for farm succession planning, news and information, you can, you can go to the Purdue Institute for Family Business website at purdue.ag backslash fambiz. So uh, there's a whole, this podcast is a series uh, of podcasts on farm succession planning. So for much more information on uh, transferring ownership or transferring uh, your farm to the next generation, go to purdue.ag slash fambiz. So Renee, I want to start out uh, asking you, you know, before we get into the 10 tips, why is the communication between people in, in a small family or farm business, why is that so important? Yeah, so I think that all succession planning and all transfers really start with communication. We have to know everybody's intentions, everyone's desires. And without communication, we really don't know what each generation wants. We could have a successor generation that would love to join the family business, but if they're not asked, they might not feel empowered to ask. Um, we could have an incumbent generation who says, well, you know, my son or daughter, they work off the farm. You know, they don't want to join the farm when in reality they haven't asked. So really bridging that gap in succession starts with communication. And, and if we're completely honest, farmers that we worked with are not great at communicating. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I don't think that's probably a call out to farmers specifically. I mean, a lot of small business owners, uh, you know, communication is something that we all all struggle with, right? Or, or getting the right communication, I should say. So let's get into these uh, 10 tips for communication. Um, the first tip is recognizing the family's role in the business. So Renee, I'll, I'll ask this one back to you again. Uh, what do we mean by saying we need to recognize the family's role in the business? Okay, so if we look at USDA data, 98% of farms are actually family businesses. And in most farms, as we know, the family is very heavily integrated in that farming operation. So we've got those two entities. We've got that family entity. We've got that business entity. And they're constantly competing for resources, time, money, you name it. We really have to recognize how the family fits into that business, how the family funds that farm and how those how those roles are laid out. Um, it really helps a lot of farms if we establish those agreements about how families integrate into the farm business, what their role is going to be, put some boundaries on that um, so that we have clear, distinct roles. And so the second tip is, uh, so Heather, I will uh, ask you to explain more on what the second tip is, but it's conflict isn't necessarily bad. So I may have some questions here because to me, I, I avoid conflict at all costs. So why is conflict not necessarily a bad thing to be a better communicator? 
Yeah, conflict really gets a bad rap, doesn't it? But really, conflict just means that people care and that they're passionate about something, that they have an opinion. And to me, conflict doesn't necessarily need to be bad. It can just be an opportunity for people to communicate. So instead of looking at it as avoidance, which a lot of people say they're they avoid conflict because they just don't don't like the the tension or the emotion that comes with that instead we should learn to embrace that um, conflict as a way of just communicating as renee mentioned early on communication is so important so that we know what everyone is thinking about and we're not making assumptions which can be more dangerous than conflict itself so we all approach conflict in different ways. Some people, like I said, avoid it. Some people actually sort of thrive on it and they confront it head on. Um, I am one that I just like to approach it and make it happen, you know, before things fester and become a bigger problem. Let's talk about the situation and let's get everybody's opinions out there. So don't be afraid of confrontation. Yeah, I, I think you said something key there is that avoidance will only lead to more and bigger conflict down the roads, right? So sometimes it, it's, maybe we should phrase it as small conflict isn't necessarily bad because it can help you avoid larger conflict. There you go. Avoid the big conflict, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's important to also note, uh, you know, Renee mentioned about, you know, getting your opinion out there, talking with what they actually want. Um, there could be family members that have different views and opinions, right? And and if you don't get that out there now, it, it's going to bubble to the surface eventually. Exactly. So let's move on now to our third tip. Um, so Kelly, the third tip is explore family feelings. What do we mean by exploring the, the, the feelings of our family? Well, Brady, I think you just scared probably half of everybody away because... Um, likes to sit down and talk about feelings right and you just kind of you had a great segue when you talked about not letting things bubble up and um, how that can lead to conflict so part of that is just being willing to sit down um, and, and talk about how people feel about certain situations and sometimes what happens is um, some things that happen within the family you know like well you're the oldest so you you've always been the favorite or you're the youngest and um you always get treated differently because you're the youngest so you get different things than i get so having those kind of conversations um about feelings and issues um and recognizing that people are, are you know family members are maybe struggling and, and getting uh, those out in the open and talking about those will help um, make sure that the day-to-day -day business function um, can move along smoothly. Sometimes we tend to ignore those um, because, you know, we're working with our family and because they're our family, right, we don't have to deal with all of that. But in reality, we do need to deal with um, feelings and different things um, that may be going on. And it could also be, you know, um, some family members may just have some unique um personal family situations happening. And we need to recognize that and acknowledge it and how that can affect um, how the business operates on a day-to-day -day practice. So I think we need to remember, even though there are family members, um, we need to acknowledge that sometimes there are other things that are happening in their world that could also have an impact on the farm business, um, but not expect everybody to be superhuman um, all the time. Yeah, and I, uh, I'm going to assume that some of these conversations may be pretty difficult conversations to have, right? Your family members, you don't want to upset them by bringing up certain feelings or 
or topics. So it, you know, these aren't easy conversations. And no, they're not easy because it's our family, right? And with our family, we, we're trying to keep this harmony and this peace within the family. But at the same time, we're also trying to operate a business. Um, and if we don't talk about these situations and feelings, those things can have a huge impact on the business. Um, and unfortunately, it could be a negative impact on the business. And that's not our goal. We would like to keep the, um, the you know, that farm business in the um, family and keep the farm moving along. But if we don't acknowledge some of these other things that are happening um, and sit down from time to time and really talk about um, feelings and issues, no matter how hard they are, um, that could really lead long term to, uh, you know, the business actually coming to an end. Because, um, you know, while we were thinking that, um, you know, this family member was going to get better, um, and they'll they'll pull their weight in the you know in the day to day operation and you know because they weren't able to do that um, some poor business decisions were made um, and the result was that the the business can't survive um, any longer so we have to be willing to um, kind of uh, do hit those head on and, and this is where it gets a little challenging where we also have to remember that yes this is a family but this is a business partner. And from my business partner, I need X, Y, and Z in order to move the business um, along. So the question that I have, and, and this goes to all three of you, you know, the, the past two tips are explore family feel, uh, feelings and, you know, maybe just uh, conflict isn't necessarily bad, but what happens if we approach a situation very well-intentioned, right? Wanting to explore these feelings, um, wanting to, you know, maybe address something that may be contrary to the beliefs of, of another family business owner, what happens if that situation does become emotional or, or does create to uh, a, 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 a very uncomfortable situation? Should you stop that communication and revisit it? What, what do you guys think should happen if, if, if a very well-intentioned discussion goes south? I think that happens often, to be honest, because we all have expectations when we come to a conversation. And, you know, personally, it's happened in my family as well. And sometimes one way that we approach that is that we'll approach each other and just say, hey, I want to make sure that I'm clear on what's going on here. This is what I'm thinking. Am I right? Or am I thinking not the same as you? So making sure that the expectation is clear up front and making sure you're clear. And there are times in our family, things have gotten emotional and we don't necessarily back off of it. That's my family. We just continue to work through it. We're not a volatile family, if you will, in the sense of, um, you know, screaming and yelling type of emotions, but we, that doesn't mean we don't have conflict. Um, so we just continue to kind of tread through the mud and keep going and keep going until we get it. And then, um, sometimes resolution is that there is no resolution and that's okay. Sometimes it's okay. This is a discussion that's going to take two or three months to work through a situation and that's okay. Yeah. I think that really ties back to, you know, in succession planning a lot, we say plan early, plan often. I think the same thing goes for communication. We need to communicate about things early and we need to communicate about things often. And sometimes, you know, when emotions get too hot and heavy, depending on how your family dynamic is, sometimes you need to say, okay, let's table this. Let's come back in 10 minutes. Um, I was, I was on a 
another succession podcast recently where they were talking about how, you know, it's like a seesaw as, as emotions heighten, the amount that people are listening goes down and down and down. Whereas when people can level their emotions, they can listen a little bit more and be a little bit more reasonable. So sometimes we have to kind of step back and say, okay, we're going to go take a break. Everybody breathe. <laughs> and then let's come back and talk about it in a couple of minutes, you know, so. This could be a really good situation, too, that even if you know it's going to be extremely emotional, you could bring in an outside facilitator to help um, to keep the uh, conversation a little more objective and on track and try to help um, kind of steer those emotions in a more positive direction. So I think that's a great segue to the fourth tip. And, and Renee, I, I would ask you elaborate on this a little. So the fourth tip is discussion issues before they become a crisis. And we've already hit on this a little bit, but why is that so important? Yeah. So, I mean, in, in farming, especially, there's a lot of things that are tied to time and season, right? So there's a certain time we need to be out in the field. There's a certain time we need to harvest that, you know, there's a certain time we need to move some livestock and things like that. And um, we are, most farms are a family business. Things come up. And so we need to have some kind of a plan as a backup. I know we talk a lot about contingency planning, which is very important. Um, so we need to talk about who's going to be the backup in cases, maybe have a list of people that you can call in for help if some of those key members are not available. Um, another thing that we've we've run into is, you know, as that senior generation becomes older, they might not necessarily want to exit the business, but we need to have a plan for what happens if they're not available. If they get sick, um, if they need to step out for some other reason, we need to have some plans in place and discuss those issues before it comes a crisis where we don't know who's going to do what. And we're kind of just running around with our with our heads cut off because we don't know where to go. So I think discussing those issues before they come become a major event can really benefit these farm families. Moving on, the fifth tip is discuss and clarify roles, responsibilities, and expectations on, on the farm business. Heather, what, what do we mean when we say, you know, why is it important that we need to discuss this clarification of, of the roles that people are doing? Yeah. So if everybody's clear on expectation, this leads to a more uh, supportive, collaborative work um, within the family. So defining roles um, is important. So I'll give you an example. In our family, um, I've got two other siblings that are on the farm and we work together with my parents. And one of my siblings is sort of in charge of the livestock portion. So um, I've got another sibling who's in charge of the field crops. And my role is general labor. So um, we all have roles that we're responsible for, if you will, and though that's the sort of the final decision maker. But within that, we know that, for example, although my brother is the one who's in charge, if you will, of field crops, we still collaborate with one another and communicate with one another and get opinions, thoughts, ideas. But at the end of the day, we know that my brother is the one who's going to make the final decision. And that keeps us from some conflict, you know, as we are sort of talking about today, uh, it, it prevents some conflict because we, I know that no matter what I've given to him, we have already agreed that that is his role as the final decision maker. And I know he's taken my opinion into account, uh, but it's his final answer. Okay. So we've deemed that it's important to focus on goal or, you know, discuss and, and clarify the roles and 
responsibilities and expectations. Uh, the next tip is to focus on that and to focus on the goals and setting them in a very collaborative style. So Kelly, why is this important that we focus on, on the goals that we've set for our farm business? Um, goals and setting them are extremely important because, right, that's, you know, uh, make sure everybody's in the, headed to the right direction. Um, we're all on the same page and we want to achieve um, success for the business um, in, in the direction um, that it needs to go so that we can help transfer it to the next generation. So hopefully every um, farm business has kind of a mission, mission and vision statement already that kind of helps um with that overall um, vision of where we need to be headed. And if a family hasn't done that, I encourage them to sit down and, and um, individually write down, you know, why are we in um, business together? We've worked with some families over the years when they do some of these um, simple activities, sometimes they find out that maybe they aren't on the same page. So it's a good good way, good communication tool, good discussion. So goal setting could be the same way. Um, you know, instead of getting together on New Year's Eve to play cards, maybe we all sit down and we're going to write goals for the farm um, for the upcoming year. And everybody can individually uh, write what they think the goals are for the farm, and then they um, can share and kind of refine um, and, and work those together. And um, once you know, then once you have those agreed on goals, you know, it's a great opportunity to make sure you put them in writing, you put them in places um, where people can see them and that's kind of your focus and your drive um, for the year. And they could also be that great communication tool, right? That every time your family gets together um, for hopefully those um, business meetings, that this is what guides some of your discussion. How are we doing on our first goal this year? Um, and even writing goals, you, then you can kind of do the action steps behind those. Who's going to be responsible to make um, the goal happen in reality? So it's a great, uh, it's a, just a great communication tool, a great activity um, that we should engage in um, at least annually. And then we're going to keep revisiting those goals um, for the rest of the year to make sure we're, we're on task and where we need to be. Okay, so the next tip, and, and Renee, I'll, I'll say I'm super interested in this, as someone who pays attention to nonverbal communication, um, you know, so the, the seventh tip is listen to what others are saying. So listen to what they're actually saying, not just how they're saying it. Why, um, you know, is there a reason we need to focus on on the message that the that other people are trying to communicate? Yeah, so I, I have some uh, good examples in my own house of um, maybe my husband focusing on my tone and not what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, he can say, well, man, you're sassy today and not actually listen to what I'm saying and trying to tell him in a in a loving manner. But really, you know, when people are under intense situations, when people are talking about succession, we're talking about a lot of assets. We're talking about a lot of relationships. Some people when they're under pressure, when they're nervous, when they feel put on the spot, they can say things and they can say what they're wanting to say, but their tone can be misconstrued. And so we need to understand that the way people communicate can really vary based on a lot of external factors. And we need to listen to what they're actually saying. Um, so the context and the content um, matters more than the tone in which they're communicating it. And ideally, their tone would match their content, um, but we all know that that doesn't happen. And so we need to try to take what people are saying and maybe not how they're saying it 
and try to move forward. And we can reiterate to them, you know, I heard you say this, is this what you mean? Um, and kind of restate it to them and make sure you're understanding what they're saying. Don't just listen to their tone. Don't just, don't just take their nonverbal cues. Try to, try to take what they're actually saying. I really like that idea of, of restating it back to them and asking, you know, is this, you know, you know, getting confirmation that that's that the message is clear of what they're trying to do. And then I think that the opposite is also true that uh, the communicator also needs to focus on removing some of that emotion, you know, trying not to escalate the situation. Um, I say that, and I am probably, uh, you know, someone who, who, you know, I, I need to listen to that just as much as, as everyone else when I'm communicating, it can be really hard. Uh, but, but I really like that suggestion of, uh, let's focus on the message and and not the tone and the emotion that can get thrown behind the message. Uh, so Heather, the eighth tip that we have here is that transparency and honesty go a long way in moving the farm and the uh, family forward. What do we mean by this tip? You know, this tip can be challenging because we want to be honest with those that we love the most, and that makes us become vulnerable. And that can be a scary situation. And a lot of people don't like to be vulnerable. They like to be uh, in control and uh, that can make us emotional at times. So, but being honest and transparent is really the most effective way to move your farm business forward because then you're really putting out there your expectations, your wants, your desires, so that the whole family understands what you want. Um, like we've mentioned uh, several times already, if we're not aware of what everyone wants, how can we effectively move forward? So, you know, with my family, I also have a sister and it's sort of been a joke in our family that we've always known that she was going to be a city girl. She did, would not want to be a part of the farm moving forward. Um, but when we really got serious about this and moving forward with our family farm, we brought everyone into the table. And my dad said to my sister, what do you want? And he said it directly to her and said, I want you to be honest and I want you to be truthful and I want you to say it out loud. You know, it can be a joke or an expectation in your family, but until that person that you're talking to really has a moment to be able to be um, transparent and, um, and honest about what they want, that's just the only way that you can, you can move forward as a family unit towards keeping that family uh, farm in, family farm in the family. Yeah, I, I would say that if you're not honest and transparent, uh, other members of, of the family or, or business may second guess your motives if, if you're not just going to be forthright in, in the beginning. That's right. And what if my sister had changed her mind in the last year and we didn't know that, but because of her past and what we had, she had said and what she had done and what we had joked about, what if we just had not given her a chance to say, you know, as I've gotten older, I've changed my mind or my family situation has changed. So I've been rethinking this. You know, you need to give all family members an opportunity. We can all change our minds and have different how our how our life changes a path here and there could completely change how we see our future within that farm family business. So, Kelly, the the ninth tip is engage in active listening. Okay, so we've covered, you know, how we need to remove emotions and really focus on the message. But we also need to, you know, uh, you know, listen to the whole message 
uh, thinking about the nonverbal communication. So how, how do we engage in active listening when, when we're at the table with the rest of our family members? I'm sorry, Brady, did you, what did you say? Can you, can you repeat that again? He <laughs> <laughs> just got my joke. We are um, on average, right? Awful, awful at active listening. Because when we come to the table, right, the first thing you have to almost, it, it's sad, but we need to ask every family member, right, to leave their cell phone, whatever device, somewhere else. It doesn't come to the meeting table um, because there's so many distractions and we're looking at so and thinking so far ahead um, that we don't do a good job taking time to actively listen to each other. And I think uh, Renee and kind of tipped onto it earlier, we need to practice some reflective listening as well. Um, you know, I heard you say um, that uh, you did not want to be a part of the farm any longer, or I heard you say uh, you've changed your mind now and you do want to be a part of the farm business. And sometimes, you know, if we're looking at our phone or doing other things, we may not catch all of that or, um, you know, and, and other things are, oh, I got to watch the markets. That's more important right now than listening. So the, the real goal is to make sure that we uh, eliminate as many distractions as we can and that we truly are all present and in the moment. And um, we want to hear what everyone has to say. So it, it really takes some practice. Um, and we think we can all, you know, go to meetings and be a good listener. And actually, we're all terrible listeners. So we need to make sure um, that we recognize that this family business meeting is important. I need to be present and I need to choose to be fully engaged and listen to what everybody has to say so that we can have a successful um, meeting and, you know, whether it's a day to day operation meeting or just trying to have that discussion about um, how do we move this uh, farm business on in the family and build that succession plan? So, no, I, Kelly, I think that's, uh, you know, really good advice, especially as a university professor. I know when students aren't engaged in, in my class and, you know, I, I can tell the active listening if it's happening or not. Now, now to your joke, I will say uh, for those, I know that this will be audio only on the podcast, but I was, I was like, did, did she really just not get, uh, you know, that my facial expressions, I wish we could uh, convey that over the podcast. So, um, you know, it, it, and it's true, right? It, if you're doing this with your family members, if you don't act engaged, it's going to send a signal that nonverbal communication that maybe you don't care. And and that's really important in in getting everyone's respect of, of the situation and the gravity of the situation to, to really get a solution on the table. So... Um, now we're we're to our tenth or our last tip for communication. And Renee, um, I I think this is uh, of the Tim. I, I well, I, I was getting ready to say that I I'm not going to choose a favorite, but I am. I think this is my favorite tip for for communication, and it's pretty self-explanatory. But I, um, I want to ask you why it's so important. The the tip is do not, with emphasis on do not schedule farm family meetings on holidays. Why do we not want to? talk business immediately after we've carved the turkey. Yeah, I mean, this just goes back to boundaries, right? I mean, holidays should be joyous occasion when we get our family together. A lot of farmers think, oh, everybody's going to be in town. 
let's have it let's have it on thanksgiving after we eat you know put it after the family gathering but let's let's have it on there let's let's not do that let's not ruin thanksgiving let's not ruin christmas for everybody <laughs> you know with today's technology you know we can zoom in we can have a farm family meeting virtually and have it on a day that's not a holiday so we we really encourage families to schedule these farm family meetings on days other than holidays. Um, you know, there's some families that we work with and we say, okay, do you want the family or do you want the business? You know, do you want to have your farm business or do you want to have holidays together? Because in some cases you can't have both. Um, we want a functional family entity moving forward and we want the business to trade hands um, from generation to generation. We want both of those. So let's avoid having those meetings on holidays. Let's choose another day. Yeah. And, you know, my opinion is that holidays are already stressful enough, right? So let's, let's not add more stress into the mix. Agreed. Renee, you have also some tips kind of along the no family meetings, holiday, um, gatherings, Where's a good location to have that family meeting? Should I should we have it at mom and dad's, you know, dinner table where we have the family gatherings at? Yeah, so I think a lot of times it depends on the family, but I think that we encourage people, let's have those at a semi-neutral location at least. Maybe you have a shop where you can have them out in a barn. Um, if you're from a family of yellers, maybe you want to have it someplace public. So maybe people don't yell as much. <laughs> I don't know. It really depends on the family, but I think you'd need to try to have it in a neutral location. Um, probably not at the dinner table. We don't want those negative memories associated with dinner when we go home and have dinner with the family. Um, maybe out in the shop, like I said, maybe a neutral location, maybe there's a conference room somewhere that you can rent or use for a little bit. And uh, like I said, if you are from a family of yellers, you know, maybe you have it at a local cafe or something. So people maybe don't scream at each other as much. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be uh, ignoring some of the other 10 tips we've already gone through in terms of not letting it escalate and, uh, you know, letting the emotions get out there without, uh, you know, getting, letting them get to us. So, but you know, planning ahead for that would probably be important to, to maybe discourage uh, ignoring some of the other 10 tips. Uh, so with that, uh, you know, on today's episode, we've discussed 10 tips for communicating in a farm and family business, uh, particularly as it relates to succession planning and getting the family together to discuss those, those goals and where we want to head um, as, as a family unit. Um, I do want to remind the listeners, uh, for more economic information, uh, visit us at the Purdue Center for Commercial Ag's website at purdue.edu backslash commercial ag for all of your farm uh, management news and information. You can also visit the Purdue Institute for Family Businesses website at purdue.ag backslash fambiz. You can also find both of the centers on Twitter. Uh, the Purdue Institute for Family Business is at Purdue Fam Biz, and that is B I Z for Biz. And the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture is at P U Commercial Ag. On behalf of the Center for Commercial Agriculture and the Purdue Institute for Family Business and the Farm Succession Planning Team, um, I am Brady Brewer, and we thank you for listening. <music>